Okay, so uh, everyone, welcome to uh, the Greasy Pole Podcast number 19. Wow, eh? 19 episodes talking to to myself with the great one tagging along for fun. Um, and um, the great one asked me to record this podcast this weekend, and then he's got nothing uh, lined up to talk about. So once again, it's up to yours truly to pull everything out of the bag, the cat, you know, the, the Pope, King of Spain, uh, some feminists, everything to get this moving and be vaguely uh, coherent and interesting. And I can see you've all, most of you have dropped off to sleep already, just getting to this point. So the other day, uh, oh, by the way, the great one, hello, hello, hello. Hey, hey good, uh, good evening there, Adam. How are you? It's afternoon, mate. Get your shit together. Whatever the hell it is. It's yeah. morning here, so it's all the same to me. Yeah. Have you got a cup of coffee there, great one? Have you got a cup of coffee? I do. It's actually some particularly shitty coffee as well. Your first coffee of the day is shitty coffee. That is no way to start the day, my friend. Well, see, I didn't know any better because I'm trying some new coffee blends. And mm, uh, this one... Don't do that. Yeah, this one is not going to stick around. I never try new coffee blends ever. I have drunk Illy coffee for the last 20 years, and on occasion when I can't get hold of Illy, I will revert to Lavazza Gold Label, uh, which one always can get if I can't get hold of Illy, and that's the only two coffee blends I will ever stick in yours truly, um, because uh, everything... Uh, uh, 25 years ago, 30 years ago even, when I was in, a young man in Perth and working, in pubs and restaurants and stuff and coffee was just kind of exploding back then they had they had things back then called cappuccino bars if you can believe it because cappuccinos were so new and exciting but um i tried out coffee blends back then and quickly realized that they were all goddamn awful i mean goddamn awful and the testimony is that to that is that none of them have ever become coffee blends, you know, powerhouse or anything like that. The Italians have got it right on coffee. They always have. No one beats the Italians on coffee. Nobody. Hmm. Illy. Illy. How do you prepare your coffee? What are you using? Oh, this is just, you know, a shitty old typical coffee pot. You dump the water in, it heats it up, drops it over the grinds. This is not a... Not a French press or anything like that. You need a stove top mocker. That's all you need, my friend. That's all you need. Your life will change. And the great thing about a stove top mocker is, is that you can take it on camping trips and stuff like that because you just put it on the campfire. Right. And you never wash it with, uh, with detergent. You always just rinse it out with water. And over, over the years, you buy an aluminium one, not a stainless steel one. Mm-hmm. And over the years, it just gets better and better as the flavors develop inside the urn. We should call this the coffee episode. That's the direction it's taken already. Yes. And I can tell you're very awake. And, and I have sampled your coffee. So I know for a fact that mm. you know what you're talking about. When we was down in Louisiana. That's right, because I took my... Yeah. I took my coffee pot with me to uh, Louisiana. Yes. I knew I was staying for a long time. I think it was three months I was there, and I was, I was buggered if I was going to be drinking. Oh yeah, uh, American hotel coffee. Oh god, that would have yeah, time. that's the worst. 
I know Aaron Clary well, thinks I, that uh, church coffee is the worst, but I would I would suggest that hotel coffee is even worse than church coffee. Mm. 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 Well, I don't think a, a church has any business in dispensing coffee. They're supposed to be dispensing <laughs> the saving of souls, you know. Right. So they're kind of operating outside their their mandate there. <laughs> so uh, you know, stick with what you know. It's like yeah. a. You know, it's like a drive-in movie uh, offering um, uh, blowjobs or something. Actually, that's not a bad business <laughs> that's idea. That's not a bad. Kind of like that. Oh, you just just go from car to car. Yeah. Where are you going? <laughs> Enjoying the film. <laughs> Get a blow with the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so, uh, before we press right. the record button, I was taking the great one to task because he recorded a podcast a week or so ago called Anarchy Moment 03. God, I'm bored already. The great one defines what an alpha male is in one sentence. Uh, and for some reason that day, I didn't have a life for about nah. 20 minutes, so I decided, <laughs> decided to hear what the great one was going to say, and he took 20 minutes to get around to it. I mean, it really was ridiculous, and I kept I kept fast forwarding it, and eventually, you know, we got to where we needed to be, and there was no payoff because the great one. There was no blow for the that, show, was there? Damn. There was no blow for the show. The show was blowless. It was without <laughs> blow. There was an absence of blow. It was blown away in nothingness. Um, so, just to remind me, because it was. It was obviously so forgettable that I've forgotten it. Uh, what? Without taking twenty minutes, just tell me what your one one sentence of an alpha male was again, great one. Uh, my sentence was, an alpha male is a man who is not dependent upon women or a woman. Mm. Okay, so basically, uh, my first gigantic hole in your argument is that mm. every man who's a priest in the Catholic Church, is now an alpha male. Oh, all right, sure. I mean, I mean, I guess dead men aren't dependent on women either, so that makes them alpha males also. I mean, okay, every sure. Man, every, man, every man in prison is an alpha sure. male. Uh, okay, sure. Every man in the army, the navy, all these on duty is an alpha male. Oh no, not these days. They stuck women in there, didn't yeah. they? Yeah. Oh, they got women in the military. It takes me a while to catch up. Point is, is that there are plenty and plenty and many, well, many, many circumstances where m men are going to be in that position as a natural order of things, based on where they happen to exist. In place and time. And to poke even further holes in your uh, ludicrous argument, mm -hmm. um, the act of defining an alpha male in relation to women is flawed. <laughs> Sorry. An alpha male would never do such a thing. The act in itself is contrary to all alpha maleness. So, um, yeah, K 
count me unimpressed with uh, that particular one. But uh, you know, I give you you know, I give you a C for trying, D for effort. It's good. <laughs> Will you give me a blow for anything? Mm mm. Um. But uh, yeah, no, I, I, I don't I don't agree with that one at all. All right. I mean, I'm not too sure about the priest thing because priests are highly dependent upon women because it's women that go to church and it's women that bring men to the church. And so I have to think about that one. But I mean, if there were no... No, that's only in a, that's only in a cuck church. That's well, that's... A real church. Okay, but we're talking about the real world. The churches are all cucked. So... No, they're not. You gotta, you gotta look. Okay. You read my first book and you liked that book, yep? Yeah? Uh, yes. Hmm. The section of that book that I get the most, um, you typing while we're talking? You're not even focused on what I'm saying? <sighs> oh, fuck, mate. No, I'm not typing. Oh, yes, you are. So the section of the book that gets the most correspondence. Ah. Uh, <laughs> That was That's me right. annoying we, Adam. We had the, this argument last podcast. I accused you of uh, playing with yourself under the table, if I remember correctly. Oh, I could do that too. Um, I mean, if you're not going to give me yeah. a blow for the show, I'm going to have to blow myself. Is that was that like give me a second? Was that all it takes? Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, I got shit to do. I don't. I can't. I ain't got time to stretch it out. Let's get this nut busted and move on. Mm. Um. The, the, the section of the book that I get the most correspondence is the section where I got sick and managed to find a doctor who would fix me. Mm -hmm. But the whole point is that every doctor that I went to was just, you know, pushing drugs and not interested in me in any, it, it was, it was a bureaucratic, even in private hospitals, you know, quite costly. Right. So the thing is you've got to do 90% 90, 90 of everyone are morons, can't do their job, are bad at their job, are lazy at their job, are ineffective at their job, are rubbish at their job. And honestly, 90% I think might be a bit low, um, mm. depending on which, like offshore oil and gas workers, that's not the case. It, it would be it would be right. a vastly different number to that. And they, they tend to be have quite their shit together because anyone else who, anyone who doesn't have their shit out there gets kicked off by the, the installation manager pretty fast. Um, but you know, in something like the priesthood, architecture, doctors, lawyers, whatever, 90% of people are morons. They're lazy. They don't know what they're doing. They don't care what they're doing. They right. just turn up. They turn up. I mean, come on, that's got to be the same for your job in, in setting up <coughs> lights for, um, talent. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, there, there are times when you work with like bigger gigs with bigger budgets, the people doing it can more hand pick the crew. I just worked with a crew a couple of weeks ago, all of them except one. One guy was a complete idiot, but everybody else was fantastic. But yeah, as you go farther down, you know, the the budgetary scale of productions, yeah, like on your average touring shows and shit like that and your civic centers and stuff, oh, you're working with some of the dumbest humans alive. Hmm. It's not. It's not necessarily dumb. It's just lazy. Well, yeah. Yeah. In yeah. fact, I prefer. I prefer someone who's dumb to be lazy. Uh, yes. Terrifying is lazy. La is dumb and industrious. Yes. Uh, oh 
I've, I've known That's a few when you of those. Get a real problem, right? Yeah, and they're really excited. They want to jump in and help with everything, and they don't uh, understand it. But oh, they want to help because they just want to help. Yeah. Oh no 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 no, just yeah. back off. Yeah. yeah. Or they're uh, even worse, a middle manager. Uh, <laughs> right. Well, this person's a go-getter. We should promote him to management. Yes, but he's really mm. stupid. Well, that's why we should promote him to management. He won't have any ideas of his own. And then, oh, brilliant, brilliant, <laughs> Charles. That's a brilliant idea. That's what we need. Well, it's actually, you know, in your in your facetiousness, it's actually true because yes. people in upper management just want to have the numbers underneath them, you know, right. guys they can count on to. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're in upper management, you don't want middle management people that are going to question you or try to change anything, or you just want them to serve as that buffer zone between you and the peons. Yeah. Um, but anyway, back to priests. Yes. I mean, they fall under this 90% lazy category as well. So, and dumb and all the rest of it. So, you know, like everything, you've got to do your digging, do your homework. Um, the, the the little church that I go to, it's 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 all it's it's all masculine driven, it's all pa it's pure patriarchy in there, and there's all the women have uh, veils over their heads, married uh -huh. and unmarried, um, kids. This is young women, kids. Uh, there's like there's a family there with five kids. They're absolutely gorgeous family, uh, two boys and three girls. I'd say the boys around the ages of nine or ten. And the boy and the girls between say three and seven. Uh, Three-year-old, of course, is a bit young, but even she fiddles with her veil and makes sure it's on during the service. Um, and all sternly under command of the patriarch. Um, and you know, it's a it's a it's a joy to see. Completely different from when you uh, when you go out in the outside world. So these sorts of churches are little oasises of patriarchal tranquility. <laughs> it's, uh, and that's, that's, why, that's why they're worth finding because then, of course, you network with these people and, and they've all got their shit together and they're all very humble about it. And uh, no one's... The, the great thing about the church, there's no one big noting themselves in that church. Nobody. No one does it. There's no... There's, that's an interesting point. There's no alpha male. There's no one seeking to dominate what's going on because that's not the purpose. That's not what everyone's there for. Hmm. Yeah, it sounds great. It really does. <clears throat> have, you, have you looked at Cappy's website lately? Not that uh, you need to, I, I but... Saw, he, he put, I saw that he wrote a long, long rant um oh, that's... Uh, oh he's got something new up i didn't yeah. see that communities is that what you want to talk yeah because i mean that's kind of where you're going with this and this is actually this has been on my brain lately too um yeah i mean like that kind of community and it's kind of sad because cappy's rant today basically summed up is that conservatives and libertarians should shut the fuck up about uh, community because none of them can actually form a community and then Cappy goes into how all of his friends can't give him a ride to the airport you know including you know other podcasters that he's known for 10 years and not me another podcaster he's known for 10 years oh I can't you know and you know the thing is this is what's it's like yeah the only place that 
you really see community anymore is in these small religious communities like what you're talking about. And Cappy posted a link to a video of some guy, and I watched it. I don't know who he is. I think he used to be a Mormon or something like that. But anyhow, he's talking about the evil days when he was in the church and he was brainwashed and how, like, if you needed to build a barn, everybody from the community showed up and they helped you build the barn. You know, and all this stuff. And he's talking about, terrible. Yeah, and oh. he's talking about, oh, this was such Outrageous. a great community. And I grew up in this, and then I went out into the real world, and I rejected my religion, and I discovered that this community doesn't exist in the real world. And I'm like, yeah. And it's kind of sad that the only place you can find that, you know, the, the libtards, they talk about their fucking communes and shit. They got nothing. You know, your conservatives are going to form a militia. So when the government goes too far, they can get their goons. At, you, know, you got nothing. It's the only place you can find these communities is amongst the religious. And I would say you so might let me, find... Let me, might, hold on, I'm almost done. I would say you also might find it among anarcho-capitalists. The problem with that is that there's only like about 20 of us in the United States. But so it would be the religious people at least can actually fucking form the community that all these other dipshits talk about. All right, go ahead, man. That's a really important point you're talking about and i'm being 100 serious here i'm not being facetious at all so the french revolution was the and also the american revolution to a lesser extent were the uh 200 years ago where the we have longer than 250 years ago where the apex points where we diverged towards a secular uh, militant secular society, which is what we have today. And that focuses entirely on the individual as opposed to the family, which are the basis of all communities. Right. So 200, 250 years later, and the last 50 years, of course, has seen a relentless and unending propaganda and social manipulation towards um, pushing the life of the, uh, glorifying the life of the individual, particularly on the female side. You can have it all. Oh, God, yes. You're a strong, independent yep. woman. Career. Blah, 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 blah. Fur baby. Don't fur need no baby, man. Cat. Don't need no man. Right. All the rest of it is entirely centered on the individual. Um, libertarians are entirely centered on individualism. Leave me alone. Don't tread on me. Right. Um, that's, that's basically saying it's a, it's a complete cop out in a sense, because you're saying that you don't want to have any part of government, but at the same time you, and you won't get involved with government, but at the same time, the form that the government takes has to be something entirely to your liking and satisfaction, but, but you don't want to have anything to do with it and you won't participate in any way, shape or form, which is, which is nihilistic, I suppose, in its essence. So today the only places where you're going to find communities are in actual patriarchal religious uh, uh, enclaves. That's it. And that's because there the community is more important than the individual. That right. is in an essence what it is. You cannot, you cannot 
focus your life on being an individual and being solipsistic in that sense and then expect to be part of a community when it suits you. And I haven't read Cappy's piece. I've just looked at it now. It's popped up, but I haven't obviously read it while I'm talking to you because uh, that would be rude and I wouldn't do that. Um, um, but knowing Cappy, his life seems to be, as many of our lives are, and I'm not judging here, focused on the individual stream of things as regards to community. So how can he expect to turn around and have a community when it suits him? Mm-hmm. Interesting. I, and I completely agree with everything you just said. I... I get at it a little bit of a different way i think because and this this is a dangerous this is like a very nebulous um, approach i i value the individual as well but the thing is the the like you know all these other people the whole individual the individual is what they lack here's the part that i think they don't understand is the individual has to exist within an ecosystem there has to mm. be something for for me to sit here and say I care about the great one personally. There has to be some context for that. And the context for that, and I, I steal this from Aristotle, is the polis, is the city-state, is the community. And so for me to be an independent individual, I can only do that in the context of the polis. I have to have other people around me that because you can't be independent without other people it's it sounds counterintuitive but you can't no it's not counter it's not counterintuitive just the fact that that we're using electricity right now right to, uh, and the internet to do this exactly i mean yeah and then yeah. take that take that in ever expanding rooms i'm drinking right. a beer i'm smoking a cigarette i've got blah 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 blah, blah, blah. right and so the the radical individualist the retarded individualist they think they can be these individuals and just do whatever they want and completely ignore society around them. And you can't. You can be an individual, but you have you can't be an individual and ignore what's around you. You have to participate you in can. it. Well, you, you can, can, but it's not going to work. You don't have to participate. It does work up until the whole thing holds well, together. But right. you have to understand that, that you're basically a parasite. Yes, and it's not, to use another word that women have ruined, sustainable. I mean, we see that right now. We're looking at yeah. this, the, the radical individualism. We're seeing it collapse right now because everybody's yeah. just in it for them. And nobody can think ahead. I mean, I've ranted about this over and over and over. It's like it, it manifests in everything. And, you know, driving your car, if you consider the other people on the road and get the fuck out of their way or you speed up or you slow down, whatever, everybody gets where they're going faster. But if you're just driving down the road giving a shit about no one but yourself, then you end up causing more problems. And nobody can do nobody can sit aside their own not I should say nobody. No, the radical individualist can't sit aside their own needs, you know, their need to be loved and approved and to be gay and to fly the, and they just it's everything's gotta be about them. And you do Well you everything do has have to, to be put, about them. Everything has to be about them because they don't have anything. There's no structure to this individual and there's no, there's no foundation mm. because families are the foundation of everything. 
right? And, and I yes, are based on that, right? I, I I've so come the to reason, agree with that too. There was a time when I would have disagreed with that, but now I recognize that yeah, that's absolutely true. The family is the foundation, and there's been a war on the family for two hundred years, yep. and it's only increased in tenacity in the last twenty or thirty. Yes. Uh, whereas the family are now the enemy. If you're a, if you're a, a white family and you post up a picture of you, yes. your wife, and your seven kids on Instagram, you're going to be you're, you're going to be mercilessly attacked. Right. If you post up a photo of yourself and you say, "I've sterilized myself," um, and uh, and I've adopted and I to, three uh, children from Kenya. Then. No, I've adopted three kittens, and I intend to commit <laughs> an euthanasia on myself in the next five weeks. You'll be, you'll be given <laughs> you'll be stunning and brave. <laughs> right. Oh God, I wish they'd euthanize themselves. That'd be great. But, yeah. Well, that's the way it's going. Um. But, so kept going back to Cappy's rant, mm. or Cappy's article. That's one of the same thing normally. Um, and I haven't read it, but, you know, I, well, I read one little bit just when you, when you open an article, right. you glance at something, sure. something pops out and it was like, he wanted to go and stay at a friend's place. And the guy said, what do you think this is? We're not 20 anymore. Yeah. I mean, everything's a trade-off. You don't exist in a vacuum. The right. only true, if you want to be an individual, you remember growing up watching TV, remember Grizzly Adams? Yes. Okay, there you go. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, sure. I mean, if you want to go That's out in the woods. That's an individual. Yeah. And you can do that, but it's hellishly difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, God know. help you if you, get, if you need a root canal. Right. Yeah, it's not for everyone. You can certainly do that. But yeah, the rest of us, there's, there's some trade-offs and we got to exist in a community. <laughs> yeah, scary. I got all Horrible. these. Uh, I got all these individuals that want to destroy it. Yes, we're all individuals. Um, well, that's the other ironic thing, of course, is they're pushing socialism hardcore in the states and Australia and the UK now, mm -hmm. all of the uh, Anglo-Saxon countries, and so at the same time as everyone's an individual, they're pushing pushing socialism. So, I mean, what a what a what a philosophical juxtaposition, <laughs> right? We've got at the moment. I mean, it's incoherent in every sense and form. And I would suppose for people, especially millennials, Gen Y and that sort of thing, Gen Z who have been grown up focused entirely on themselves as individuals, when if socialism, real socialism does take hold, they'll be in for a mighty shock. I mean, communism in Russia and China, I mean, the Chinese especially were kind of like ants in that sense. They're all you know, hive mind, one for the Chinese collective sort of thing. Russians, not so much, but I think full-blown communism was less of a shock to them if, you know, if they weren't murdered. Um, <laughs> then it's going to be for, you know, individualized generations over here on the Anglo-Saxon side of the fence. You know, think it though, like, so you... S Here's, here's what I wonder, though. Is the individualism as much in conflict with the communism and socialism as you're indicating it might be? And here's why I ask this question. 
from my observations, individualism in you know, here in the United States is mostly manifested in two ways. Your this, this whole bizarre, you know, who you have sex with or don't have sex with, and spending money. Consumerism, just buying your big screen, buying more fucking shit that breaks and buying more shit and getting a new iPhone every year. So let's say the United States becomes a communist socialist country. I mean, I think you could have a communist socialist country in which you still allow the citizens to just have sex with whoever they want and buy everything that they can afford on credit. So I'm not sure that there's that big of a conflict there. Well, I mean... You need to be a bit more student of history because the um, one of the striking features of communism is the fact you can't buy anything. I don't know, man. I think the Chinese are going to keep selling us shit. I mean, we could have death camps and the Chinese are still going to keep making big screen TVs and people in the United States are going to keep buying them. I mean, you could, your neighbor could be taken and shot right in the street in front of you. You're still going to go to Walmart and buy a television. Because you don't have, you don't know what else to do. I think most you'll find most of your big screen TVs these days are made in South Korea. Um, Ah, shit! There went that argument. Damn it. No, I mean in the sense that I don't know how dependent China actually is on selling baubles to the United States. I mean, I I think it. I think, I think it looks that way on the surface, but the fact that. Apparently, the the transport global shipping network is broken down off the coast of California. Doesn't seem to have alarmed the Chinese Communist Party, in particular. They're not they're not working to help, you know, unclog this complete clusterfuck of a bottleneck. That's arisen because of Californian uh, government communist. Uh, incompetent right right they basically said that trucks over a certain age can't can't enter a certain area and it's just like well hang on a sec most of our trucks are over that age so no one's going to move these containers and and containers over a certain age you can't stick you can't stack containers in your yard in california in your portyard more than two containers high so they've got trucks all sitting there with containers on the back but they can't unload them because they've got nowhere to put them so this is all this is all a a a government um, created uh, cluster that's going on there in in the ports in California right now. But right. China, do they care? No. Well, yeah, no. See, I think I think twenty years ago it would have been an issue, but you've got markets like India now, Southeast Asia. There's 300 million people just in Indonesia. There's more people in Indonesia than now in the United States. Um, Africa, you'd be surprised at what's in the houses. I've never, I've done two trips to Saudi Arabia this year. I've never seen a place more affluent than Saudi Arabia. Their malls, mm. their malls are unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. It's like, and this is not against you, of course, but Americans have held on to this idea that that what happens in America is what's going to happen for 
you know, global areas, the rest of the world. Right. And that was true 30 or 40 years ago. I don't, I don't think it's even close to true anymore. What happens in what sense? In an economic sense. Okay. Yeah, no, no, I agree. I mean, yeah, America could prosper or go to shit or anything in between. Yeah, it's not necessarily going to affect other places. I mean, if you crack the American market to sell your widget, how much is actually being bought these days? Right, right. Yeah, that's not like a guaranteed success. Oh, we cracked the American market, we're set for life. Or we've been shut out of the American market, we're going to, you know, our company's going to collapse, we're doomed. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I mean, I'm sure there are many... Back in the 80s or 90s, yeah. Now? But it's not it's not Ferris Bueller's day off anymore. But people still hold on to that image. I actually think in an economic and diplomatic power base sense that the rest of the world who's got half a brain are maneuvering themselves to a position where they know that the United States is going to implode and they're not going to be adversely affected by that. Yeah, no, that would definitely be the smart move. Uh, an example of a stupid country in that sense is Australia, which has doubled down on, you know, America, rah, rah, rah. I mean, talk about clueless. It's <laughs> completely idiotic. But they got, they've, they've got no imagination. They put all their eggs in one basket. They've got nowhere else to go. Now, Australia's got 300 million Indonesians sitting on the top of the country mm-hmm. who are developing and coming out of poverty into like a lower middle class strata 300 million of them but of course australia decides to get rid of its manufacturing base to be the smart economy oh god like calling calling your economy the smart economy when you don't make anything is like calling the bloody french revolution the enlightenment eh, it's a nice yes. gloss <laughs> right it's not the reality Right. Well, I mean, here in the States, you know, we also got rid of our manufacturing because we wanted to become the service economy, which, yeah, there you go. Let's have an economy based on selling things to other people. I mean, we're not going to produce anything. We're just going to sell things to other people. We're going to provide services, which is good in some, like if you're, a, okay, a plumber or electrician, that's a great service. But most people just don't have the ability to provide a service because to backtrack, you know, 90% of people are lazy and dumb. It's, it just doesn't, it's, it's just that cracks the service economy. That was, God, that was years ago. That's so ancient. But I can see, I see too, I look around us, I see that really is what we've become. It's a service well, economy. They, I mean- if you put if you if you if you if you gut your manufacturing base and you say that it's fine because we're going to be a smart economy uh doing all this other stuff right once you've gutted your manufacturing base that's it now no one talks about it anymore the way no one talks about south africa or rhodesia anymore hey we're going to get rid of apartheid it'll be brilliant oh, uh, be don't, great. Uh, don't yeah don't look over there everyone will get along fine yeah well, it'll be fine. Oh, oh, uh, 
as soon as we get rid of apartheid and everyone has freedom, it'll be an economic powerhouse uh, and oh, everything will be love and rainbow farts and oh, roses. So we've still, we've still, we've still, you've, you got rid of your manufacturing base. That's it. It's done. You don't, right. you don't, once you do that, you don't keep talking about your smart economy, particularly if it's not very smart. And let's not forget at the same time they did that, they flooded our countries with immigrants. Yep. So low wages, so keep the, the wages uh, depressed. Exactly. Go on and off. Very good. <laughs> I think the other thing that's interesting is, um, and this isn't just in America. So, okay, I've had a couple of, a few things happen over the last couple of weeks in a financial sense. I don't write about financial stuff any, very often, not anymore, but very often. Uh, I did back in the beginning of my blog. I did a piece once where I wrote a piece that. Uh, I think it was 60% of middle-class Americans can't afford a $400 emergency or something like that. Yes. This is like four or five years ago. Yep, I remember that. So it's probably, yeah, it's probably worse than that now. Probably. And that wasn't me, that wasn't me making stuff up. That was based on a, you know. Right. Survey, study, blah, 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 whatever. So it must have been true. Yeah. Survey says. Um, Settled but science here's says. a few things. Science says, here's a few things, uh, Bill Knight, the science guy, here's a few <laughs> things, here's a few things that have popped up this week. So I got my brother to transfer me some Ripple uh, from his account to my account because it was my Ripple and it was sitting in his account and I, was, I wanted it. Um, and the transfer took about 20 seconds. We did a test run. We put a, like a small amount across to make sure it's the right address. And then, yep, that's correct. Done. 20 seconds from Australia to the Netherlands. And my brother and I were talking about that afterwards. And it was just like, my brother said, do you remember the time that you tried to send me money from Italy to Australia? Or I think it might have been around, the other way around. I think he was sending me money from Australia to Italy. I can't remember. Uh and from memory, this was about 12, 13, 15 years ago, I can't remember. It took like five or six business days. And even then you weren't guaranteed that it was going to arrive. And it cost you 5% of the total amount that you were sending just because, you know, it's, right. they haven't done any work. It's just a, it's just a wire transfer. But hey, right. you know. Well, when the service economy, that's how you have to make money. Yeah. Exactly. I, mean, yeah, I haven't added any value, but I want the no. cut of that. I want my cut. So if you're transferring a million dollars, which we weren't, that's 50 grand down the drain, right? Just disappeared. Yeah. Um, actually, on the higher end accounts, around 500 grand oh. up, they don't do that to you. They don't do that to you. Oh, really? You get to transfer without any of those things like that. Oh. It's only the peons who pay yes. the money. Um, but I said to him, you know, that's the ripple uh infrastructure system is so far ahead of the modern banking system in the sense that the modern banking system in comparison to ripple they may as well be 17th century dutch east india traders or something you know it's it's mm. it's two different worlds the banking system has been eclipsed and doesn't want to know it so that's one example of something that happened. Uh, second example, I wanted to, I've got a Dutch bank account. Two examples. I went in to open a different bank account at a different bank 
for a personal account, and they said it would take three months to open it. <laughs> what? What? Hold on. Yeah. Hold on. I, I can't wait to hear the justification on this. I don't know what the justification is. Oh, they is. didn't tell you. Is. Oh, my God. All right. I, my jaw was on the floor because I wanted to get a, a, a credit card and and I wanted it through a different bank uh -huh. um, just because of my trips overseas. Basically, the bank that I have now uses a Maestro card and it just it just won't work in some places like Saudi. It's just that mm. the card doesn't work. So I needed to find a fix. So I went to a different bank. It was a big because the bank that I'm in now is a small Dutch bank, and I figured, oh, maybe just because it's a national bank, it's not really working overseas. Though it did work in Louisiana. Um, so I went to one of the bigger banks. That's ING. It's one of the biggest Dutch banks there are. Three months to yeah. open a personal account because you have to prove that you've got money coming in from... I said, I'll, I'll transfer a five-figure sum immediately and put it in that account. It's not a problem. No, no, because then it's money laundering and all the EU oh rules. Three months. Three months. Like, I remember if you walked, I remember when I lived in Canada, I walked into a bank and said I wanted to open a personal account. It was almost blowjobs from them. Yes, you know? yes. I remember those days too here in the States. You walk in a bank, I want to open an account. Okay, and not only could you open an account in like 10 minutes, you would actually get interest on the money yeah. you had. Oh, oh. Like, yeah, young people listen to this have never even heard of this before. You used to make interest on the money in your checking and savings account. The bank would pay you. So three months to open another personal account to get a credit card. That's not going to work. Holy shit. So I decide to go to my bank and see if they can do it. But they don't offer, they offer credit cards, but through a third party. It's just like, oh, for fuck's sake. So I, I and I don't like doing this online because it's all in Dutch and my Dutch is okay, but this right, is right. technical stuff. And if you sure. press the wrong thing, oh, fucking yeah. hell. So I go into the bank yesterday in The Hague and because uh, I was in there for work doing some stuff and I had to traipse all over town to find the one bloody uh, bank that was physical bank that was there. It's three in the afternoon. I go in, there's two women employees sitting down talking to each other. There's nothing going on. And I said, oh, I want to open a, I want to uh, get a Visa card. I've got a, I've, I showed them my, my, my card from their bank. So I'm an existing customer. Mm -hmm. I want to open it. Yeah, you can do that online. Oh. And I said, and I got, I just got pretty, you know, I started throwing my weight around and I was just like, listen, I'm not doing it online. You're here. You're not doing anything. You're sitting there having a chat. You're going to help me to do this. And push comes to shove, back and forth. They didn't want it to happen. Finally, it was a no, no, no. And, and then suddenly, oh, okay, maybe we can do something. Oh, really? 20-year-old dipshit mm -hmm. earning minimum wage. Right, okay. So it's got like a five-step process. They're going through the steps. We get all the way up to step four. And now suddenly, even though I'm an existing bank member, I have to do a an ID thing, taking photos, and I have to transfer. I have to transfer one cent from my account to this third-party company to prove who I am. 
But I, I don't have online banking on my phone because I just don't trust it. Not with Android, not with Apple. I don't trust the whole system. Right. And so we couldn't we couldn't complete it. But the thing was on hold for four days. So I was like, all right, fine. So I walked out of there, came home, got online, and I had to scan uh, my Dutch ID card back and front and then transfer one cent. All right. <laughs> now, I'm just going to rewind a bit. Over the last few weeks, I've been getting back into crypto a little bit. And... I think in the last three weeks, I've opened three accounts on different crypto wallet holding things, yeah? Yep. Each time, you have to go through the ID process, which is the same. So you, they take, you hold up, you use the, the, the camera in your laptop, you hold up your card, ID card, back, front, then they do a scan of your fucking face, yeah? Yeah. Um, and, and all the rest of it. And... Every time I've done this in the last few weeks, it's worked seamlessly, <laughs> seamlessly with no problems at all. Okay. Right. So we go for this visa thing and I hold up my card eh, and it, it won't work. And now I have, and it, so now what I have to do is I have to take a photo, a photo on my phone of the card. And then when it comes up, I upload those photos. Of course the photos are very clear. You understand? Yeah. Yeah. And then I, then I have to transfer one cent online and i do that and all the rest of it finish it the first time and in dutch it comes back and i'm trying to translate it but it basically said in dutch that my birth date on my application did not match the birth date on my card and i was like what and i'm looking at the back of the card with my birth date and place of birth very clearly there and i checked the they're exactly the same so then i thought Fuck it. The girl at the thing must have fucked this up. Right. Because I can't go back and check. So I thought I will just start the whole process again and muddle through it because I followed what she was doing in the bank. So I had an idea now of of what I needed to answer. That was a bit tricky in a couple of places, but I got Mm -hmm. through it. So I do the whole thing again from start, get a new link, upload the photos again, transfer one cent again. And then it comes back rejected, Ah. not for one reason, not for one reason, but for two reasons. The first reason was it was the wrong date of birth. It didn't match the card, which was just completely not true. And the second reason was, was that the transfer that I did didn't match my banking records with this particular bank. So I don't exist. Oh God. So I'm trying to get a credit card, I'm trying to give them money. Right. It's only 15 euros a year that I own the credit card. And of course, I'll pay it off every month. So I'm not right. going to go on a hock. But but they don't it's know impossible. that. It's impossible. It's that's, literally impossible. I can't do it. That's the service economy right there. The service economy that's the, coupled that's with the technology. Smart, that's the smart, the smart economy. economy. Well, you know what? So let me let me tell you. But my, but. But hang on, yeah. but before you, before you, but just yeah. hang on. Contrast that mm-hmm. with the crypto environment. Right. Yeah. The, I mean, I've done a little, very small amount of crypto stuff and I need to get more into it, but yeah, it goes amazingly quick. I think, I think banks and common currencies like the US dollar and the euro and pound and that sort of mm-hmm. thing, Australian dollar, the Japanese yen, 
Yeah. I think they are completely out of date. Oh, absolutely. The more I'm not a financial analyst, I'm not, I'm not a financial expert in inverted commas, but what I am is a smart guy who looks at information that I'm receiving and I then process that information to try and work out what's going on. And what I see purely on a, on a personal basis, on a micro level, is that banks in no way, not only do they not have their shit together, they are 150 years behind the times in a technological sense, but they're operating in an environment where they should be at the front. Absolutely at the front of everything. Right. So when you add to that the fact that <laughs> what did Biden say two days ago that he's going to give 450,000 US dollars to every illegal immigrant to, to say sorry for the for the plight that they had to do crossing the border did you hear about that god no oh jesus that that it's what is it his his budget was 2 trillion that he wanted from oh. the the house so the money that you have sitting in the bank so the money that you have sitting in the bank is getting completely devalued by the socialist policies of the governments, yes. plus the mega inflation that's running that they're desperately trying to hide and they're lying about in all of the in all of the the inflation outlooks that they're that they're releasing, completely lying about. So the value of your money is being devalued hugely. I mean, I don't even know yeah. why they tax people anymore because the they're just devaluing the, the I think the only reason they, they have personal incomes tax is to let you know that you're a peon. That's the only reason. Because the thing that they're doing going to so much effort to tax you for isn't worth shit, right? right. Yeah. Well, there are a couple of so other reasons, but yes. So you've got you've got this the money that you see in the bank is completely devalued. And plus of that, the technological aspects of the bank itself mm -hmm. are so far behind the times, they are basically buggy with a horse in front of it, yes. which means means that the security for that is pretty fucking shocking as well. Yes. I, I read an interesting book a while back. It was a guy who used to be a criminal. He wrote this book about how he used to, and I don't remember the exact details, but it's, he wrote this whole book about how you could skit money from the banks, you know, all the illegal shit he did and how he did it and all the security holes and all this shit. Yeah, I mean, they're they're just giant. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's just a disaster. But, you know, and the thing is, I don't want banks on the forefront of anything. I want the banks to die and go away. And I think that's... Yeah. I think the good... The only, I think the only reason crypto hasn't taken off yet or maybe, you know, what that tipping point needs to be is just when you can spend it more places. I feel like that's the only thing that's kind of holding it back. Like if you could, and maybe that'll all come together. Well, I think it will eventually. It's just a matter of when, and then we got to worry about, you know, the government's going to try to regulate it out of existence or whatever. I don't know how they're going to do that. Or I've heard rumors well, that the government they have. wants not, to make their own crypto, not, which will be. It's not, it's not bound to a specific place. The right. only thing they can do is to make it a legal to transfer right. crypto into and convert it into local currency in your bank account. Well, 
climate. Yeah. But the thing is, though, is you can start you can start paying people directly. We don't need the banks. So Exa my yes. brother sent me all that ripple. Right. Bang, done. Right. So I mean, let's say you do a service for me, and it costs, let's say, you want a thousand ripple. Okay. I send it to you direct. Mm -hmm. You got your wallet. We pay zero transaction fees, and you get it within twenty seconds. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, I suppose that my to go like full dystopia. I mean, the government can always have Apple and Android just make it so that their devices don't allow you to do cryptocurrency. I mean, that's kind of then, that's the bottleneck of that. You know, the potential yeah. bottleneck. Is that you're dependent there on There are the some places in the world that won't let you set up a crypto account mm. based on local government government sure. regulations. Yeah. But of course you can use a VPN for that. True. I mean, so there could be ways around it. So uh, let me tell you real quick my credit card story. So I walked Ooh. in I walked into a store and they said, Do you have a, a do you have one of our credit cards where you get our rewards? And I said, No. And she says, Do you want one? I said, all right, sure. So she hands me an iPad. I typed in my name. I gave them a fake job, a fake yearly income, a fake address, and I gave it to them. And she typed some stuff. And about 45 seconds later, she said, you're approved. And they printed out a credit card in about two minutes and handed it to me. Was this um, Bed Bath & Beyond? No. <laughs> so there you, know, there, there you go. That's how easy... It is over here in the States in our consumer economy where everything is based on you going to Walmart and buying big screen televisions. That's how astonishingly easy it is to get a credit card over here. At 24% at interest. Well, I don't know. I pay, I pay it off in full every month. I, don't pay, I didn't pay attention to what the interest is. Okay. But there's no yearly you charge. Sure you, keep, you sure you want to keep this in the podcast? Because you are admitting to fraud here. <laughs> So, <laughs> I don't give a shit. I'm just saying, you might want to. That's up to you. Give a shit. I tell you what, I desperately need to go to the bathroom. You have to think oh. about that, and I'll be right back. <laughs> All right, go to the bathroom. While Adam's doing that, I'm going to go get more of this terrible coffee. So if he gets back before I do, you guys keep him entertained. And I'd just like to take this moment to remind everybody that you can pick up the album Six Feet from Christmas by the great one himself 
over at his website, cynlibsoc.com on the interwebs. It's a collection of Christmas songs with a Wuhan totalitarian theme to them. Did it last year, but it's still as relevant as ever because we're still living in a dystopian wonderland. Ah, there's the sound of the flushing. Means Adam will be back with us soon. Hope everybody enjoyed your little coffee break, urine break, whatever breaks you needed. Just as long as you didn't go to Brokeback Mountain. I was trying to think of a good joke there. Nothing was really coming. That's what she said. Mm. I'm almost awake now, though, so we got that going for us. All right. All right. I did a major bathroom clean just before we started this podcast. I've got this bathroom here where it hasn't got proper ventilation in it and it's all plates and so it, it is the dirtiest bathroom I've ever had to deal with in my entire life. It gets dirty hmm. unbelievably fast. And I suddenly discovered on the side of the low wall hidden behind the side of the toilet, there was a bloody mold outbreak and you you suddenly see something and it's just like, what the hell? Right. Um, it must have sprung up in the last two days or something like that. It's just, it's just, it was close to taking over. It was going to walk out. <laughs> so it took me about an hour to get that under control. And get oh, my God. And of course, once you start cleaning something like that, it's just like, oh, man, you start finding crap everywhere. Right. You know? It's like, well, might as well just clean the rest. And Yeah. yeah. So uh, anyway. Um, what are we talking about? Banks, crypto. Yeah. Banks, yeah. Yeah, so I'm going. Uh, I'm going bullish on crypto. I'm pulling. Um, I'm pulling. I'm pulling. Pulling quite a lot of money out and sticking it across the board in different areas, because I, I just. I just don't trust the currencies at the moment. I think they're just going to get completely devalued. Yeah. Um, with what's going on, and that's just me. I mean, right. everyone else can do what the hell they want to do, yeah. but. Um, um, and I'm not, I'm not going to say what I'm going into because I don't want, it's just research I've done, things I've seen, blah, blah, blah. But uh, sure. all I'll say is I think uh, crypto has been pretty flat for the last three years. I think the end of this year, the beginning, first quarter of 2022 could be really interesting. So based on what I've uh, researched. So see how you go. You can talk now if you want. Oh, thanks. I was trying to think if I had anything intelligent to say. I wasn't coming up with anything. Yeah. Oh, you know, we don't have to keep this to an hour because I'm not on SoundCloud anymore. I switched to Anchor. Oh, how's that working out? Well, it's not as good, obviously. Um, it doesn't have the same uh, clout as uh, mm, SoundCloud. Right, you can't right. have followers. Uh-huh. Um cool. And uh, but there's no upload limit and it's free. Do they celebrate homosexual pride? No, oh. but okay. but but, but right. hang on, let let me find. I don't know if I've got it on this computer. Do I have it on this computer? Not on this browser. I can. I got so many browsers. I can never remember where anything. Right. Here we go. Um, so 
there's one thing that was kind of disturbing. Um, if, I, if I go to my dashboard here, I scroll down podcast performance, top episodes, your listeners, geographic location, uh, listening platforms, gender. <laughs> oh God. Does it have all 57 genders? It's got four. <laughs> Got male is 95 percent of my listeners are male. Shocking. I'd have never guessed. Five percent are not specified. I think that's just because they didn't tick the box. Right. Zero percent. Zero percent of my listenership <laughs> are female. Shocked. Which is exactly <laughs> what I was hoping for. Yes. Uh. And 0% are non-binary. <laughs> the non-binary. God. Oh. Age ranges are interesting. 0% of my listeners are 17 years or younger. 31% of my listeners are 18 to 22. And 52% are 28 to 34. So I've got quite a young... Yeah. Uh, listener base, which is uh, that's good, which is interesting, yeah. Um, so, um, uh, I've been slowly uploading my podcasts, but it takes like when you to upload and then process, and then I have to find the old podcast episode on my blog to right. what the name of the podcast was and the details. So, I'm up to about 32 or 33. But I got 150 or 149 podcast episodes. It's taken me ages to do this. Ages. Ages. So, but anyone listening to this, if you're listening and you followed me on SoundCloud, I'm going to be doing a quick little podcast that I'm going to, like a two-minute podcast I'm going to upload to SoundCloud and just tell all my listeners oh, that yeah. from now on, nothing, nothing's getting updated over there. Right. Nothing. So, um, I'll have to, uh, have to do that, but yeah, anchor, uh, and it's basically a Spotify platform is what it is. Got it. That's what it is. Right. So. Go, anyway, I'll have to go find that. Speaking of yeah. projects that take a lot of time, you put any more consideration into your concept of doing a printed magazine? Um, I have been. Tossing it around. I think it would be a full-time job to get it done right. And then some. I've been looking at it. I think it will only become viable if they start cracking down on the internet and the only way for people to hear this sort of, read this sort of stuff is by having something arrive in their mailbox. Um, I put a call out beforehand a few months ago. Said, I said, drop me a line or leave a comment on that post if you're interested in this. I think I had like two dozen responses. Mm -hmm. It's not enough. Right. 
So I think uh, I think we need to. I think the time. I think. I think the time has to be right for that. Makes sense. I'll say on that. So, um, yeah, I watched an interesting article, uh, video the other week, actually more than probably about a month ago, it was an Australian airline pilot for Qantas, who was basically about to get sacked for not taking the, the jab, which is not the point of this, what I want to talk about. Because I don't want to talk about the jab or right. the pox. Um, <coughs> it was a very brave, he was probably like in his late 60s, early 70s. And he admitted that he didn't have a retirement base because he'd been frivolous with his money. So for him to get sacked right now at this stage of his life was basically a, a massive blow. Um, <laughs> and it went viral. <laughs> <laughs> it went yeah it went uh it went viral a video um and he wrote an article with it as well and and then but and he got sacked subsequently to it of course naturally yeah but uh and he was like a 40-year pilot with Qantas but um one of the thing in the video he confesses to all of his personal failings so that nothing was hidden so nothing could be used against him mm. and one of the things that he big things that he confessed to was that he was a porn addict mm. okay now now i've seen this whole porn addict thing brandied about quite a lot over over time People saying they're addicted to porn. Yeah. In some way, shape, or form. I'm addicted to porn. I'm a porn addict. All this sort of stuff. Now, I've never... Porn has never interested me. When I was 13, a bunch of us managed to get hold of a cassette VHS tape. Uh, teenage sex film number 731, I think it was, from memory. Uh, I think one of the episodes was called Uncle Fucker. Um uh, this is back in the in the early eighties. This is like nineteen eighty three or something like that. And we all watched this, and it was it was quite it was quite disturbing on many levels. Um, but I've never I've never I've never been into I've never seen the point of porn. But he he came out and confessed this. I'm a porn addict. Blah, 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 blah. And then I suddenly I suddenly. You know when something's obvious, staring you in the face, but you don't really, and then it suddenly, for some reason, it all clicks. And I can't remember what the clicking mechanism was, but I then realized you're not a porn addict, you're a wanking addict. And porn is the vehicle mm -hmm. with which you're addi addicted to wanking, right? Sure. I mean, that makes total sense. I mean, because that's what it is, isn't right. it? Well, and yeah, I mean, you're right. We hear the porn addict thing all the time. I heard that recently. And my take on that is, look, it, yeah, if if I'm going to watch porn, it's because I'm going to wank. And here's the thing. After I've wanked, I don't want to look at porn anymore. So I don't understand how anyone can be addicted to porn. I recognize it's just my perspective. 
But how can you look at more than, say, seven minutes of porn? You look at the porn, you get horny, you wank. Now you've got other things to do. Like, I don't, I don't, I can't even comprehend how you can spend time looking at porn. Not only that, but as a lighting guy, I look at most porn and I'm like, who in the fuck lit this scene? Like, this is shitty. And I'm not even joking about that. I sit, I will sit there and critique the fucking lighting. So that makes it even more unbearable for me. But yeah, anyway, continue. Yes, it's, it's not, it's a wanking addiction. You're right. It's a wanking addiction. It's not a, a porn's just the vehicle. Right. Yes. Yes. Your vehicle, your vehicle for wanking could be stealing women's underwear and, and sticking it on your face. Exactly. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's because you're wanking. Yes. Right. Yes. Or, you know, choking the chicken, feeding the chooks. Yes. You know, <laughs> spanking the monkey, whatever you want to call it. Right. They call it fapping these days. Fapping. fapping. Because they're trying to make it. They're trying to make it sound less wanking. If they, if they give it a name that's not, that's not wanking, well, then it's less, it's less, less wanking. Wanky. So we'll call it fapping. You're not a wanker, you're a fapper. So it's, it, sounds, it sounds more acceptable, I suppose. Well, it doesn't, but I no. suppose it does. I like wanking. I think wanking is a great word. All right. I like wanking. Don't, don't cut that segment out of this podcast. If anyone wants to screw with the great one, they can just they can just cut that little that little audio bit right there. You can make that your ringtone. Make that your ringtone. Dear oh dear. Um, All right. Okay. And okay. you remember, like in the last couple of years, there's been a thing called No Fap November. Yes. Oh God. No, well, the interesting thing for me about that was the animosity and visceral hatred oh. that it generated from the left. Oh, yeah. And that always causes my spider senses antenna to go up. Yep. Because our enemy, whoever you want to define it as, wants everyone to be individuals to the extent that they're cut off right from family and community mm-hmm. to the extent that they're reduced to being porn addicts wankers wankers right so i've been doing a little bit of research from this on a biblical sense to find out uh what the bible says about wanking mm. all right um, and there's a, there's a great, uh, Catholic priest that I like to watch or listen to on YouTube called Father, um, Chad Ripiger. And I've linked to him a few times on my blog and he didn't talk about, uh, wanking per se, but he did talk about, um, sins, mortal sins and the most common mortal sins which then means the most dangerous mortal sins, because they are the most common, are sins of the flesh. And wanking, of course, form mm. falls into that bracket, yeah? Yeah, there's some flesh involved in that, yeah. There's some flesh involved in that. Um, and 
the fact that the the left reacted with such visceral hatred to the NoFap November um, meme uh, thing that that was promoted uh, a couple of years ago, and I think, and it, hell, it's November on Monday, and maybe they're doing it again. I don't know. Um, made me think, all right. And I started to go into it. I started to go into it. And I'm going to write an article on this. I'm going to write an article. I won't go into all the detail here. Um, but I I get guys, I get emails. I'll probably get a half a dozen emails a week. It's close to one a day. Adam, I like your stuff, blah, blah, blah. What about this? What about that? A lot of them lately are about how can I get out of Australia? <laughs> <laughs> Shocking. Yeah. yeah. My last one on that was Thursday. <laughs> Thursday, I got someone, you know, you know, how do I get out? Should I get out? Uh, rah, 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 rah. Yeah. And I, I made the joke recently, I should set up a consultancy firm for this, you know, and charge people. But at the same time, I'd then be responsible for their decisions right. in this regard in some liability sense. And I don't want to have anything to do with that. But I do get a fair proportion of, uh, of younger guys under the age of 30 looking for uh, mentorship, life guidance, that sort of thing. And I had one a few weeks ago say, if you could tell me what the one most important thing I can do to, to get out from under the, the heel of the secular materialist militant society in which we live he didn't put it like that i'm paraphrasing right what would it be and i had to think about it for a while and then i came back to him and i said stop wanking 100 percent serious 100 percent. and he this was the interesting thing he came back to me and said that 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 was impossible because he's addicted right no, he's not addicted. He's just a normal oh, okay. guy in his 20s, but apparently they're all wanking constantly because they're cut off from females. Yeah. So I'm going to do a piece about this, and it's like it's been... The, the article has been formulating in my consciousness for a few weeks now because I'm just still not sure of the right track to take. Right. And I've got some religious aspects there. I've got some secular aspects. I've got some, some of the stuff that I've spoken about already now. But <coughs> at the end of the day, the reaction from this, this guy was just like, well, you could ask me to do anything, but, but that. that's impossible. Right. <laughs> I thought that was really, really interesting. Mm -hmm. And I think if we close the circle a bit, we kind of started off this podcast episode talking about the contrast between community and individualism. Right. And I would honestly say that I think that the, the biggest marker of individualism is the guy jerking off to porn and it sums up the alienated nature of individualism 
the fact that as an individual, it sounds great when they're selling it to you. You can do whatever you want. You can be right. whoever you want to be. Yep. You're not going to answer to the man. Well, and to take it to porn, I mean, okay, you can get it on demand. You can get whatever weird fetish you have. You can see however many different people naked having sex. You, you, there, you have so much, right? It's this infinite. There's just, it's this infinite, infinity. Which means you have nothing. Which, exactly. And you're, and you're ultimately alone. There's, there's no personal connection at all. Would you, you know, do, do you want and, to see a hundred beautiful porn stars or just one average but real, real human being real. that you can interact with? And a lot of people, like yeah. Wife. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that this 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 sums it up, which was why the re left reacted so um, so quickly and so violently. In a in a in a in a metaphoric sense, towards that no fat November thing. I mean, it really made them mad. Yeah. Yes. And that's because that's where they want. That's where they want men. Yeah. Um, as regards women, I'm not really sure about that one, right. but I don't really. That's not what this podcast is about, or my writings, or anything like right, that. Right. One hundred percent of my, ninety-five percent of my re readership and uh, listenership are men, and five percent are not <coughs> specified. So you know, we don't care about that. Yes, but um, I really do think it sums up the the individual. If you sold individualism as you're going to be a wanker, just how popular would it be? Mm. Probably not very popular. You know? Yeah. No. I would say. But. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, we've both been saying this for ages. Yeah, the left is determined. The, their focus is the destruction of the family unit. And I, and again, I completely agree with you. The whole. Yeah, the, the whole wanking thing, it's, it is isolation, it is separation. And yeah, I can see this guy's, like in a way I see what this person who's asking you is saying, well, you know, he's, he's separated from women. I mean, and, I mean I, that's like, that's, I think that's a question and you, I'm sure you've thought of this too. It's like, okay, but so for all these men out there who are, for whatever reasons, separated from women, you know, what... I don't know what 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 do they do? I mean, it's just not wanking. Is that the okay. only option? No, no. Well, that's it. Or you've is that the to, end? Like, got... what is there something beyond just not wanking? You know, like what is like a long term solution? If there is a long term, I don't know. I'm just making shit up right this second. This is all top of my head. Okay, and that it's it's these are fair points, and I would say that if you are. Uh, a young guy or a guy in fact who's who's addicted to porn let's just let's sure. just keep do it, saying it let's, like that let's say it like that the porn made me do it yeah yeah right you're not going to stop you're not going to be able to stop no matter how much you want if you still approach it from a secular viewpoint you're not going to be able to do it and that goes to, for any addiction that you have. You're just not going to be able to do it. The serious ones. 
And don't forget, in the, in, the, in the eyes of Christianity, this is a mortal sin. It's a mortal sin. So you're only going to be able to stop this with the help of confession, with the help of a good priest, with the help of, you know, owning up to what you're doing. And this is the thing, is that with secularism, anything goes, right? Yeah? Right. As long as you're happy, be whatever you want to be. I want to be a serial killer, be whatever you want to be. I want to be a child molester, be whatever you want to be. Yeah? Whatever makes you happy, man. I like murdering little murdering puppies. Whatever makes you happy, man. There's no, there's no standards, there's no boundaries, there's nothing. And I've seen firsthand in Uganda what happens to, to white guys when there's a situation where there's no boundaries. People go insane, literally, which is detailed in my first book as well bless his soul um so if you are addicted to something like this and i would say there'd be a fair proportion of our single male listeners listen to this right now that are in fact in this boat the only way out of this is to realize that what you're doing is an offense against god and against yourself and the only way you're going to break that is to go to confession and make a determined um uh realization to change your life and turn around and that's what i said to this young guy and he didn't like that he got a bit upset with me mm. accused me of going all you know um born again <coughs> christian or something like that i liked you adam before yeah. when you were writing blah 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 blah, 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 blah yeah right Well, I mean, I mean what, what did he expect the, from you? I mean, has he not been listening and reading you lately? I mean, if I asked you about well, wanking, the, I would expect pretty much that exact response that you just gave. He didn't ask me about wanking. He well, said nah. a bunch of things, and one of them, one of them was he was addicted to porn. porn. Okay. Went, oh, uh huh. Well, uh -huh. If I, okay. If I was asking you about wanking, but I was disguising it by telling you I was addicted to porn, that would be exactly the answer I expected. But people, people, when they describe something as addicted to porn, expect you to approach it from the addicted to porn side. Right, you you're have addicted a disease. to watching porn. No, no, no. You're addicted to watching porn. Like watching porn, porn is the underlying problem. That's what they expect. They expect you to approach that on the same level. They don't oh, expect right, you to right. extrapolate it and say, right. "Well, you're not really addicted to watching porn, are you?" Right. No, you're. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That's that's very true. So it was a bit of a shock, I think, for him. And this, by the way, this was just an email conversation. Right. So it's like, dude, you're addicted to wanking. You're not addicted to porn. And I only, I only clicked for me because I'd watched this video of this Qantas pilot say, I'm addicted to porn. I was like, what is this addicted to porn thing? What is this really about? Ah. Oh. Ah. Oh. Okay. Okay. Maybe we should call this the... Addicted to porn episode, but addicted to porn is in 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 commas. You know what I mean? In right. uh, quotation mark. Yes. The uh, addicted to porn. <laughs> but the thing is, if you want to break out of where you are, you have to realize that individualism is 
what they want you to do because you cut yourself off from society. Community is what you, where you need to be to find the communities. The only ones you're going to find a patriarchal, healthy community are in the serious religious ones. That's it. And they're not going to put up with you being a wanker because it's a mortal sin. So you're going to actually have to live your life to, you know, those, ten, those, those pesky Ten Commandment things. You know, oh, oh, come on, I just want to have fun. Yeah. That's, what they, that's what they promised us. Oh, just have fun. fun. There'll be no consequences. Hey, you can have as much fun as you want. Hey. Anyway, I think we've, um, I think we've probably rabbited on enough. What do you think? Yeah, I think this is a good time. Yeah, we should, we should end it on a high note. Or an addicted to porn note. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I was, I was looking for the joke there. As soon as I said that, it's got to be something funny. Uh, shout out. So let's give a shout out to Cappy, Captain Capitalism, CaptainCapitalism.blogspot.com. Yeah. Uh, you can find him on YouTube. You can find him on the interwebs. You can find him uh, can, asking his mates if he can stay at their house for a <laughs> week. <laughs> you can find him trying to get a ride to the airport. Yeah, you can find him uh, uh, all over the place. He's got a bunch of books out. The latest one was. Uh, the ROI, the return on investment on dating women, um, um, yeah. which um, I th I've heard. He's got a lot of great reviews on that book. I think it's got like two or three hundred reviews on YouTube for his on um, Amazon for his latest book, uh, which is a huge, um, a huge amount. So good on you, Cappy. Please support him. Uh, the reason that the great one and I hang out together is because you know, because of the. Uh, well, because neither of us want to hang out with him. Yeah. That's not true. Actually, Cappy never asked to come on this episode. We had him on once, didn't we? We did, yeah. Are you up in South Dakota at the moment? I am. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, everything we... everything going well up there? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no major complaints. I got, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. So leaving, uh, um, leaving uh, the People's Republic of uh, Fort Collins oh was uh, a good move. Oh, God. We, we, we weren't going to talk about it, but yeah, they're back in muzzle mandate land because the Wuhan is exploding. Oh, dear. Oh, yeah, yeah. And in South Dakota? Uh, no, we're fine. There's there's a couple of people here and there with muzzles on, but uh, no, we're there, there's no Wuhan here that I've seen. Everybody's mm, good. No bodies lying in the streets. No, no, nobody's shouting, "Bring out your dead!" And there's no there's no piles of burning bodies or anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. All all common attributes of a plague. Oh yes. Yeah. All right. Any uh, shout outs you want to do? Nah, we made we've got Cappy in there. We made fun of him a little bit, so I'm I'm happy. All right, that's good. All right, well then I'll take us out. And uh, thanks for listening to this one. Um, and um, the great one will have it up at his show. I'll have it on Anchor. And um, yeah, don't you guys go changing? I hope you've enjoyed it. And uh, buy my books. Blah blah blah. And uh, yeah, there we go. That's it. All right.